0: And welcome to the Prigya Arora show, where we promote entrepreneurship in law through conversations with people who have been there and done that. My name is Prigya Arora, founder of PA Legal and Intellectual Property Law Firm in India. And our guest for today is Rachel Rachel is an inspiring human being with over 20 years of experience in strategic management and commercial and construction contracts. She runs Blaze Legal and Blaze Business to provide complete solution to all your business and legal problems. Let us directly dive into the conversation with her. Hi, Rachel. Thank you for being on the show. And uh, I really want to welcome you. And let us begin, directly begin with, uh, if you were to introduce yourself at a business uh, meeting, how would you do that?
1: That's a really interesting question. And why don't I just introduce myself to you guys? And then that'll uh, tell you how I normally would. Um, So my name's Rachel Hare. I've been a lawyer specialising in construction law and commercial law for the last 20 years. Um, And I've been in private practice plus government um, plus in-house in in big companies as well. Um, I've recently set up my own law firm so Blaze Legal, um, and a linked management and business consultancy firm, which is Blaze Business as well. So I set those up in Brisbane, and um, but but obviously working you know a- around uh, Australia and the world as needed. I um, focus a lot on change management in companies, so particularly in law firms, but also in business firms as well, helping them basically fix problems, I guess is, is how you would say it. So I'm um, probably not your typical lawyer. Yes, I do legal work. Yes, I do a lot of contracting, a lot of contract work, but I also help people behind the scenes in just running and managing things and fixing up problems. So there you go.
0: Amazing, Rachel. So as you, as you told that you, you believe in change management and how to fix up problems. So what, what, can you share some instance like what actually is a problem uh, which which lawyers or law firm owners do not think that that is a problem but it could be a problem and how do they solve that yeah
1: yeah good question so I actually, yesterday, actually, I published a a article in the Impact Lawyer. It's all about the great resignation and how law firms can actually keep their staff. So I gave some really practical insights and change management perspectives in terms of how people can um, put in place different processes and, and change things up so that they can actually have a better chance of keeping their staff. But that's just as an introduction, because one of the things I see in a lot of law firms and a lot of businesses generally is the culture. And and sometimes it's, the, or or even often, it's the culture of the organisation that actually causes a lot of trouble and that can actually lead to employees not being happy and not being fulfilled and therefore resigning quite uh, quite often. So when you combine culture with the, um, often the personality of the immediate supervisor, those are two really uh, big factors I see in how junior lawyers are, sometimes unhappy with what they're doing. Um, They're not being fulfilled professionally. They're not being taught. They're not being um, given feedback in how to actually do work properly. So from change management, um, I I would come in and I would, I guess, analyze the culture and how that supervisor works. And then I would help with training the supervisor, teach the supervisor how to actually look after and mentor the junior lawyers. Also then, I guess, come to some view on what are the problems with the culture, work out how to fix them, and then help put those all in place. So it's obviously not a quick fix, but it can actually make a really big difference to businesses and law firms to get that change management in place. And it makes a huge difference to the staff who are actually working there to go from basically wanting to quit to then finding themselves actually in a really good situation um, if their supervisor is actually looking after them properly.
0: Amazing, amazing, Rachel. So I'll, I'll share some instance from my life mm-hmm. on what people generally, you know, come come to me with. So whenever people intern with uh, with me or with my firm, so our firm is a kind of a very people it it's kind of I am kind of a people's person so I love yes, speaking right. to people taking care of them and things like that so what yeah. I thought through your conversation is sometimes what happens is uh, we focus too much on mentoring of a junior lawyer or an intern for example but nobody mm-hmm. thinks about how a senior lawyer should behave with a junior lawyer in terms of bringing more productivity to the firm yeah yeah so I think that that is one key takeaway from this conversation
1: yeah definitely and and you're right everyone focuses on how you train the juniors but no one is gain no one is um willing to talk about how you train the seniors and
0: unfortunately yeah
1: yeah. unfortunately a lot of them didn't actually have the opportunity to learn from and so it's not a criticism of them it's not anything saying they're bad people it's just saying hey why don't I give you some suggestions and some tips and ways that maybe you can actually change your own approach because goodness that will help the juniors and that then will increase productivity so it's 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 all linked and, and very much what I do the bottom line is helping increase productivity so for a business, they're not going to pay a lot of money for me to come in and fix things up unless it's going to help their bottom line. So that, I guess, is the, the idea of it all, is to, is to help things run more smoothly.
0: Yeah. Wow. So it's like uh, increasing productivity, increasing interaction among the people who are working as a team so that they can uh, bring out great output. So that's... that. Yeah. Yeah, and look, even to the
1: point of... Um, so you've got a junior, they're not feeling very engaged. They're not really being looked after. So they're going through the motions, but they're not really putting out a lot of output in terms of you know, being proactive and actually trying to do really, really decent work. If you change that round and you suddenly get the supervisor teaching the juniors how to do some things, getting them excited, getting them engaged in what they're doing, it really makes a big difference because all of a sudden the juniors turn around and go, you know what, I'm loving this, um, give me more work or <laughs> let me do this or can I do this? And then before you see it, you've got the juniors actively taking part in their own career. And then as, a, as an owner of a law firm, that's wonderful because that means then that they're actively um, billing and making more profit then for the firm. So it, it, all, it all has that linked effect as well, which uh, works out really well.
0: Amazing, amazing. So, uh, Rachel, mm-hmm. another question which just popped in my mind is, uh, we, we talk about uh, change management in terms of, uh, you know, team building a lot. So, what do yeah. you think can be a starting point for building a team and how do, uh, because you have been in business for about 20 years and it's, it's, it's a, such an awesome thing that our audience can learn from you. So, if young lawyers or, you know, People who are starting up want to start building a team. So what should be their approach in a team building? Yeah, great question. And I've, I guess I've seen it from a number of different angles. So
1: I've seen it from the angle of a junior. And I've seen it from the angle of coming into a law firm as a lawyer. And I've seen yeah. it coming in as a senior lawyer. And now I've got my own law firm and I'm actively building a team. So it's, it's really exciting um, in, in all the different um, ways you, you, that I've gone through it. So in terms of how you go about it, um, for me, the fit of the personality is really, really important. Um, and, and I know for me, just setting up my own team now. If there's someone there who I don't get on with, I don't trust, I don't like as a person, it makes it really, really difficult to actually work with them day in, day out. So I think that's why I I place so much emphasis on culture and fit. Yeah, you can work with people, you can be professional, you can um, do what you need to do, but the challenge if you don't actively like being with someone or like working with someone is to make that smoother, Um, smoother team and and nicer culture to work in. So I guess you want to start off by looking at personalities and I always say work from the top down and it's really important that the actual the partner or the supervisor needs to understand their own personality and this is where you get into personality typing and I'm not a personality typing expert (laughs) by any means but I've done it over the years and I've had it done to me over the years and I think it's really important. I think the the partner of a firm, of a group, that they're building a team, they need to know what their personality is, right? So I'm probably a little bit more of the higher level, strategic, (laughs) managerial type. I don't micromanage. I, I just don't micromanage. It bores me. So I need someone to work with me who doesn't need to be micromanaged because if they need a micromanager then they and I aren't going to work very well together you know so it's Mm -hmm. I guess being open and honest about your own um, not faults but your own um, different character profiles and, and different parts of your personality so you then can select people who work really well with you so, my management and business consultancy firm, Blaze Business. Um, I have a business partner in that um, in that particular company, and we really complement each uh, complement each other because he has a very financial um details focused um mind where he's immediately thinking about the bottom line and the impacts on different things and the financials I don't think about that stuff so it um it it, for me I'm more like oh look a butterfly oh look let's do this let's do this um as kind of an ideas person get my work done but I don't really think about that that level of administration and financial side of things so it works really well because we complement each other Um, personality wise and it means we're actually able to um, I guess if I'm weaker in one area he's stronger in that area and and it really helps so that's that's what you're looking for when you're building a team so if you start at a partner level you're working your way down right so I need a senior lawyer they need to be able to run matters themselves they need to have the um, the go-getting temperament they can actually do a lot of work without supervision. They can supervise junior lawyers, uh, make sure they're doing okay. Um, I don't need to hold their hands. So, so you can see we're starting to build a team based a lot on personality and, and how people work together. Yes. So partner, senior lawyer, right, I need a junior or two juniors. So what am I going to do for juniors? Maybe I want one junior who's really process driven, who's really focused on step-by-step, who um, can take a matter and just follow a a set of instructions through and work just uh, methodically through those instructions. But maybe my other junior, maybe I don't want two juniors the same. Maybe my other junior, I want someone who can actually go out and meet clients and get business. So maybe I actually want to choose a personality, more of an extrovert, someone who likes going to client meetings, someone who can actually go out and um, and talk to clients and, and actually bring in some more business for the firm. So again, we're, we're kind of plugging in um, different, um, I guess, different personality types to, to make up the ideal team. Right. I want some interns. So what type of intern am I going to get? So maybe I want an intern who's going to actually um, look at the contracts in a really detailed manner, not need too much supervision, just go through step-by-step step, um, and be really, really good at picking up problems in contracts, for example. So maybe one of my interns when I'm doing my interviews, that that might be the personality type I'm looking for is the really details focused personality type. Um, Another one of my interns, I I do a lot of stuff on LinkedIn. Maybe I want my my intern to help me on LinkedIn. Maybe I want them to help me with my marketing, draft policies and procedures, go to client meetings and take notes. So again, I want a bit more of an extrovert, someone who's a bit more of the artsy side Um, someone who likes um, you know doing different things getting out and about and and is able to be a bit more proactive um, but not necessarily the details focused so you see yeah it's it really to me all comes down to personality it all comes down to how the different people fit together and I think then once you've got that foundation of personality types it's almost inevitable if you put that thought process into it that you're actually going to pick people who you want to work with. And that, to me, then, is the foundation of the team. And also that way, because you kind of know where people's strengths and weaknesses are, you can start to teach them, either build them up on their details, you know, and make them a contracts drafter or make them a rainmaker who, you know, knows all the skills in terms of getting clients. So you can actually work with their strengths. So yeah, so that's that's I guess my thought process behind building a team. It's it's pretty complex, but it's also pretty exciting too. Amazing.
0: So Rachel, you know, I have been attending a lot of you know team building and uh, workshops and things like this, but I haven't uh, looked at team building from the angle of personality types, and it's just amazing because uh, I think two years ago I I gave some personality tests check my personality and i know everybody every human being every person we work with is just perfect with the way Mm. they are some may be outgoing and you know go-getters type like we want to build clients some would be extremely focused and hardworking, very with very detailed with their work so we need every kind of people in the firm so we do Mm. yeah so team building aspect from this uh, understanding it from this point is just uh, it just blows my mind. It's it's kind of a one, one moment or I think it it's for me and it would be for everybody.
1: Yeah, I, I hope so. Um, and, and if you're looking for a, another little uh, tip between us, um, there's a particularly uh, there's a particular personality profiling uh, system that I really like, and it's called the Enneagram. Yeah. So E-double N E so it sounds like you might have heard it that way, um, but I, I particularly like that one. I think it it, it talks about personal life to do with your personality Mm -hmm. but it also talks about your work life as well so it's got a lot of insights I find um and and ever since um my very first firm personality type this I've always kind of paid attention to that because I I think it was really spot on actually
0: great 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 yeah that's how you can see a smile on my face (laughs) I've taken out all the you know affirmations and everything for my personality type and they're right in front of me so that I can have everything
1: And it's funny, it's funny because I don't, um, I'm not someone who walks around talking about personality all the time, like it's something I rarely mention even, but it really, the the paying attention to it really underlies some of the decisions
0: you make, I, I feel anyway yeah 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 and I go on de- uh, telling people you should take Enneagram test and you know uh, then we'll discuss if we can work together or uh, is it is yeah. the right fit or everything <laughs> so, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah look pros and cons for doing personality tests there's there's pros and cons for it but um, I guess once you've had enough experience in using it you can pretty much do your own little guess can't you in terms of um, what what personality type someone is after you've talked to them for a little bit
0: <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, and it's interesting it's like every personality type is is good it's just we need to give right work to the right person so th- i think yeah, that's why it's yeah. important it's it not- is
1: very true and yeah it's not a criticism it's not negative at all but it's recognizing that everyone's got their strengths yeah. and you want to have a good mix of people because otherwise if everyone's the same um then there's things that just won't get done because you know everyone's doing these things but what about all these things so yeah it's just getting a good mix of people that's all
0: great 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 and rachel you also talk a lot about negotiation i keep following you on linkedin and other platforms and you speak, you you share a lot a lot of detailed information about negotiations so uh, do you apply personality tests on that as well and if you can share something about how do you actually uh, take forward your negotiations I don't apply
1: personality tests, but gosh, I have a good idea of what the personality of the of the person opposite me who I'm negotiating is. Um, and that really does help because if, if I can say this person's just got something to prove and they're out to you know, show me off and, and to make me look silly right from the start, it gives me an angle and it gives me an ability to actually um, stop or preempt some of the things they're planning on doing. So, and, and, you know, if, if the person opposite me is, is a really reasonable person, a really commercial person, I can tell straight away, you know what, all we need to do is just sit down and chat and we'll get this done in an hour and we're off to lunch. You know, so it's, um, it, it's really useful to know and to understand people's personalities because that way you can actually get the best out of a negotiation.
0: And any other negotiation technique that you would like to share with us?
1: Oh goodness goodness well I've, I've put a lot on my uh, on my LinkedIn yeah. so I've, I've given pretty much all of my uh, all of my trade secrets away but I, I do like using a term sheet um, and, and look, keep in mind that'm that the projects I work on are on the much more complex side of the scale. so yes I do smaller contracts but most of my projects are the really big construction projects or infrastructure projects or, or big commercial projects. So a term sheet lets you item by item list out all the issues that you need to negotiate. And that way you can actually sit down at a meeting and talk through the issues one by one without losing track of where you are and also without forgetting some of the issues. So you've actually got like a whole list of different things. Um, And I guess the way you do it is if you agree the term sheet first it makes drafting the contract easier because then you've actually got all the main terms uh, like IP for example who owns the IP you agree that first and then you can actually go and draft the contract. So um, using the term sheet particularly for bigger projects really makes it easier i found and it keeps everyone at the meeting focused on the issues um, rather than falling into a pattern of Um, having a robust discussion, shall we say, or a a very, um, you know, a a big argument with someone about different things, you can actually uh, redirect it back to the term sheet and say, you know what, let's park that for a while. We're not getting anywhere. Let's park it. We'll come back to it later. Now, on the next item on the term (laughs) sheet, you can actually really quite easily redirect it and, and move on if there's a problem and park that for later. And often you find that once tempers die down, it's easier then to actually uh, negotiate that
0: outstanding issue. So it's like we get a roadmap and then we follow that road roadmap step, step by step. And uh, you know, then we are able to reach through the negotiation and that happens. Yeah, it, it can
1: make it really, really a lot easier. And, and what you do after the negotiation is you then, one of the parties actually fills in the term sheet with what was agreed and you send it to the other side and they make sure they're happy with it. And that way you've actually got a written record of all of the different things that were agreed. Um, Because sometimes my negotiations, for example, they can take weeks or they can take months even. They're they're that big. Um, And if you're just relying on memory or the scribbled notes you took in an actual meeting, you start to lose track of what you were talking about and what the actual outcome was. So the term sheet's really good because it lets you write down what the outcome was. So we've agreed to amend clause 6.2 by putting the word not before the word but, you know.
0: Um,
1: And you can actually write that into the term sheet um, and there's a record then of what you've agreed. So it, it helps things move more efficiently in the bigger negotiations and making sure that you actually have a record of what
0: was agreed as you go through. Yeah, I think this would be very helpful not only with I think negotiation we can do with every case we get that you know step by step process and everything is documented basically when yeah. you're going out uh, to uh, probably you're meeting the client after one year you should know what where was the conversation one year ago because sometimes i i feel regularly this happens specifically with my work like we have deadlines of one year as well yeah. and after one year the client will come back and say you wrote this last year and then uh, then we 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 have ah. to take uh, notes and prepare that roadmap and arrange that in some manners now digital now that we have digital uh, we are in a digital era we can do that yep. digitally on a some some software like cms and all but uh, initially uh, i remember when i used to be an intern with firm uh, with firms and the digital era was not there. We, we used to have big, big file racks and uh, we still do have, but yeah, very big file rooms and file racks where everything was documented. So I think you we can... Well, avoid- imagine
1: imagine 20 years ago. <laughs> I, I think email was just invented then, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> it was only early days though. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Big, very, very, very big. Like they, they'll have all basements and you know, with filled with file racks and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, everything was paper. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that that is one thing. So Rachel, yeah, now, uh, now I would like you told us that you have two businesses. One is management, one is law. So can you tell us how they coincide with each other and how they, they are different from each other? Because, uh, yeah definitely definitely so
1: blaze business i guess is, is where my business partner and i go out and we um meet businesses we meet clients and we uh we talk to them we work out what their problems are and we help them fix the problems as, as i was saying um so if it's a law firm we might come in and help them restructure or fix their culture or teach some of their um senior lawyers how to do things um so so i do i do training programs so in law firms particularly where they haven't trained the juniors and where the juniors need a lot of upskilling, I'll come in and I'll, um, you know, train the juniors up and, and help mentor them and coach them and, and get them upskilled. Um, so that's, I guess, Blaze Business. And, and we, we basically just fix problems for business. You can say it that easily, but it's, you know, it's a, it's a lot harder work than that. Um, but in the course of that, we need to do a lot of legal work to help the clients get their legal side fixed up and that's where my law firm comes in so i'll, I'll then I'll, I'll put on my lawyer's hat and i'll actually um turn around and help them fix up some of their contracts or help them um i, I act as general counsel so i am um, I'll, I'll act as their general counsel on retainer and um give them a in-house lawyer even when they can't afford to pay for one full time so that's something that um you know really helps um helps the clients out and and it helps by me being a lawyer that i can actually come in and do that Um, separately as well under blaze legal i i will just act as a i guess as your traditional law firm as well so i've got kind of that two-pronged approach is one acting um as a lawyer for my business clients um but the other is is just being is like a a, you know a general lawyer in a a general law firm so it um it's an interesting mix of work and and yeah it keeps me uh, keeps me busy
0: I'm sure, and it would be a lot fun too. Because you know, uh, when we when we do a single kind of work, it may get monotonous. But uh, if we are doing multiple work, uh, multiple kind of work, it's all, all always fun. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, another question. Uh, I I know I just have too many questions because I've been following you on LinkedIn so from such a long time now. Uh-huh. And so another question is, I, I always uh, you know th- look at your LinkedIn post, and I, I am like, how how does Rachel do this? Like, is she alone? Is 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 it a, a whole team behind your LinkedIn? How is the thought process? Uh, you know, <laughs> something around that. If you can share about her, oh, how yeah, for sure, handle your for show. For sure, not,
1: no team, just me, just me. Um, I, I guess. When I started, and and I've only been on LinkedIn actively for a couple of months. So um, it seems seems like longer now, but really I've only been on there maybe for three months. Um, But what I decided when I came on was I wanted to share a lot of my knowledge, but from a more practical slant. So you'll see in a lot of my posts, I I really try and give practical suggestions to people um, about how to negotiate or how to draft a contract from scratch, for example. And so I give, yes, I give legal um, tips and tricks, but also professional development as well. Um, And then also um, I guess more post more tailored towards the businesses and, and how they can actually operate and, and do um, their change management um, processes and, and fix up their problems if needed. So I guess with all of that, my underlying philosophy has been to, um, I guess, help share my knowledge and help other people learn some of the things that I've learned over the last 20 years, um, perhaps without going through the same um, you know challenges I went through to, to get to that point. Um, but yeah, no, not... not um, not a team behind me I'll occasionally get a couple of interns in and, and they'll help me with a few different things but LinkedIn's pretty much uh, I, I do that myself um sometimes I'll schedule a run of um, a run of different uh, posts like I just scheduled my recent contract negotiation posts um but actually mostly it's me just uh at a particular day sitting down and going hmm what am I going to write about today so I, I do need to get a bit more organized I know that um, but I also I kind of switch between, um, you know, contracting and then professional development and then maybe something else, um, maybe negotiating and then back to contracting again, just so I, I kind of mix it up a bit. Um, but, yeah, that's that's I guess how I work. It's, it's a little bit haphazard, but it seems to be working.
0: So, it is a kind of, you know, mostly your posts are in the form of series, like the negotiation series, the contract series. So, do you plan everything before posting that how the series will go or? If I, if I do this series,
1: then, yeah, I've got a bit of an idea in my head of what I might um, what I might want to do. Um, so, yeah, the, the negotiation tips um, that I did this week was all – I wrote them all at the start and then just scheduled them to come out. So I, I knew right from the start what I was doing. Um, but the contract drafting tips I did last week, um, I did, a, I think, a seven-day series, um, that was really – me saying, yep, I'm going to write tips about contract drafting. But then each day I just got down and wrote a tip. I I didn't plan it uh, in advance. So yeah, it's it's really, I guess there's no real rhyme or reason for for Mm -hmm. how I do it. It's kind of just how I feel like on the day.
0: But uh, you know, the thing is every, uh, all. I just want to share this with everybody who is listening to this podcast. The thing is, uh, continuity is important. What we can do is either we can write it before and schedule it so that every day something is happening on the platform or we can plan to do it every day, maybe take out half, half an hour or uh, you know a fixed amount of time, whatever you think is required for the platform. The uh, main point is continuity is important. Either we can schedule it beforehand or we can do it every day it's up to us but doing it every day is important like the post should be up every day Uh, yeah yeah and and I've been I've been
1: actively trying to um to post every day so that people get that um that continuity as you say um and, and also to go around and comment every day too because um it's important to start to build up your own network um, and I've I've now got a group of of some really awesome people who I comment on their posts very regularly and they comment on my posts regularly and it it really does help to build up
0: that that feeling of community correct correct and and i think for lawyers it's it's one of the most important uh, thing to develop a community because uh, you know as I always say, people work with people and they don't work with uh, some logo or some firm or, or a brand yeah. name. They, they prefer yeah. work with people. Who is the lawyer behind it? Who is the person? How is the person? Is the person taking care of the client or the person is yeah. uh, just they take up a case or run away with it. So I think uh, building up your personality, your network, your community is all, also important. Yeah, very much, very much. And I, I think I've noticed that there's a
1: particular type of lawyer who actually gets on LinkedIn and, and is actively either posting or commenting um, or, or even just reading, you know, because you get people who just like your posts rather than commenting necessarily. Um, and I think there's a particular type of lawyer who does that and, and or, or even law student. And I think they're the ones who want to learn and who want to take charge of their own careers. Um, and, and kudos to them. It's why I'm doing what I'm doing because I can see that they want to learn and I can see that they want to actually get that knowledge and those insights. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm in a position to give those those insights and that knowledge. So, um, you know, that's, that's for the main reason why I'm doing what I'm doing.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah! Absolutely amazing, Rachel. So thank you so much. And now we'll conclude with uh, you know some tips that you can or some uh, I'll say you can uh, if you can share some important skills that law students should learn or young lawyers or young means mentally young lawyers who are yeah. uh, open to learning new skills. So some skills that uh, people like us should develop or learn in currently in 2021 to become be- better better lawyers or better entrepreneurs or better legal entrepreneurs?
1: Yeah, good question. Um, I think you need to learn how to think analytically and strategically. So a, a lot of the time in law school, you're really just given rope learning and you're given Um, you know this is a this is a case about xyz so remember all the details about this particular case but they don't really teach you how to apply that case to um, a a real life situation when you're actually working in a law firm Um, and and so i think it's it's really important that you find a way to actually analyze and think about consequences think about linkages think about um if this happens, then this will happen. Or if I do this, then you know this is the consequence. Or if I change this paragraph in a contract, then I need to go and change these four paragraphs in the contract. So that's um, that's a skill that I think is really, really important um, to, to be able to question and, and ask why and how, and then apply that to, to your, your actual uh, practice as you go forward. Um, people skills again not surprisingly perhaps is a a really important one um it's i guess it comes under the banner of emotional intelligence so i think a lot of lawyers are very much a similar personality type right so we may not necessarily be so much of a people person we may be more um people who want to sit there and just read a book or read a case or a contract and not actually talk to people Um, but i think you find as you get higher and higher in your career, it's more important that um, you are able to actually interact with people and talk to clients and go out and get work. That's really, really important. So I I guess in terms of those skills, you can learn them. Um, If you're sitting there going, but I don't feel comfortable with public speaking. I used to be terrified of public speaking. I would just avoid it. And you know what? I love it now. I really enjoy uh, public speaking and, and sharing my knowledge. Um, so you can actually practice and you can learn tips and techniques you can learn how to go out and talk to clients and get new work Um, so you can you can learn how to talk to your boss in a way that's you know professional but helps to build that relationship so emotional intelligence development read books read audio books listen to audio books um, get the skills and practice them and I think that's really really important Um, so look those are probably the main skills. But in terms of what should you do is get experience, really just get as much experience as you can. And I know it's hard sometimes to get internships in you know, law firms. It's hard to do certain things. But ask yourself, what skills do I need to learn for my future career? And if you can't get an internship in a major law firm, where else could you get an internship? Or where could you go and work and practice? So you're kind of thinking outside the box and getting those skills a different way, even if you can't actually find the experience you need through the traditional routes. Um, you know, like I, I take on interns um, remotely, so I don't I don't take physical interns. I, I take remote interns. Um, but gosh, I teach my interns a lot. You know, so people who are sitting there going, um, I don't want to do a remote internship because I only want to do a uh, you know my physical internship well I can guarantee you'd learn five times as much from me than you would from a you know a physical internship uh, as it is so yeah it's, it's all those things it's thinking outside the box and, and taking charge of your own career and, and
0: what you need to do to uh, to develop. Amazing. So I will just reiterate this uh, thinking out of the box and taking charge of your career is something very, very important. And for that, it's important to develop uh, analytical thinking, emotional intelligence, and, uh, you know, just be in practice to learn something or the other that will develop you in terms of your career. It may be, it may be different from different, for different personalities, but for each one, something is there that you know. Yeah. With this roadmap, we can just increase uh, ourselves, or we'll be a better person, better, better human being, and better doctors yeah. as well. Definitely, definitely. So yeah, thank you so much, Rachel. I think uh, it would be very, very helpful for. Uh, for all of us to you know for the audience for the listeners for everybody to listen to this podcast and watch our video thank you so much for being here I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart yeah you're very welcome it was fun thank you and I look forward <laughs> to meeting you again and again very soon Likewise. all right thank- dear listener thank you for listening to this podcast do tweet me your top three Key takeaways from today's conversation. My Twitter handle is at Prigya, that is P-R-I-G-G-Y A. My name is Prigya Rora, daughter of inspiring parents, alumna of IIT Khadakpur, engineer, turned, lawyer and entrepreneur, and now founder of PA Legal, where we help creators and innovators protect their intellectual property. Music